We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. Welcome to Wine with Megan Mal. We are here to help beginners navigate the world of wine. I'm Mal. Uh, I have what's called a Wine and Spirit Education Trust Level 3. Now, that might sound really cool. If I weren't joined by someone who actually has the world's coolest title, this woman gets to call herself a master of wine. I do. Meg Robin. Hi. You should be proud of your qualification, though. Right? Any education's good, so be proud. A few months of work versus what? A few... Hey, but look, I do a lot of, um, in the field practice, I just drinking. <laughs> Is yeah, that helpful? Exactly. There we go. And we're doing this. Self-taught. Yeah. So we're helping others. You learn a lot by educating other people, I reckon. Yeah, that's true. And because I get to hang out with you and do this, I'm true. learning a and lot And I'm too. just full of knowledge. Oh, you are though, Meg. Have you been drinking anything interesting lately? I, I have drunk what, it's quite a cheap Wine is a sparkling wine. Um, it's from the south of France in a region called Limoux, and it's called Saint-Hilaire Blanquet de Limoux. And it's a sparkling wine, and it's something that people don't really know here, but it's mm. seriously dirt cheap, available from our largest national retailer, huh. um, between 15 and sort of $20, and just a beautiful, fresh, sparkling wine. You know, we had that heat last week. Yeah. It was just something you don't want to be spending a lot of money. I don't want to think about it. I yeah. just want to enjoy it. So it's a sparkling that what you can get from, like, Dan's. Yeah. And it's, like, this, like, beautiful French one. Yeah, and it's a bright yellow label, so you can't really wow. miss it. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm definitely not going to remember the actual label, what it's called. <laughs> sounded really beautiful when you said it. Saint-Hilaire. All right. I'm going to put it in the show notes as well so you can click through and find what Meg's drinking, but that sounds like a great one. I'll be buying that very soon. Well, if you can't afford, you know, champagne, and let's face it, most of us can't every day no, of the week, this is a really sad. good alternative. It's made in the traditional method. It's fresh, mm. and I love it. All right. And, Meg, do you have a fun fact for us? Well, we're going to be talking about Chardonnay today. So Chardonnay is one of the oldest grapes ever. Mm -hmm. Um, It came about from a cross between Pinot Noir, our friend, and Gouas Blanc. Oh. (laughs) But it was planted in a village in France called Chardonnay. And the reason the village in France was called Chardonnay is the French word for thistle is Chardon. And so this was a thistly village. That's adorable. So Chardonnay's named after a thistle. <laughs> Isn't that cute? It's very cute. I love that. That's a good fun fact to keep up. I love all those sort of stupid anoraki kind oh, of things. you do. You're full of them. All right. Well, Chardonnay, look, it's our number two varietal consumed here in Australia. Older Savvy B is still winning, or even though there's this decline there. Um, the Savalanche, as we the call it. Savalanche. <laughs> the thing is, if you look at price points, <clears throat> the under $20, Savvy B just completely dominates. Yes. But over $20, Chardonnay is seriously like where it's at and it's still continuing to grow. But I mean, that seems really funny to me because we all know someone who not, not dislikes Chardonnay. We all know someone who actively hates Chardonnay yeah, and loves absolutely. to tell you about it. Like, so why is it so polarizing, Meg? I think because in the 80s and 90s, we discovered 
we being the new world, so Australia and America, we discovered oak barrels and a thing called malolactic fermentation. Yeah. So in in Chardonnay there's two, well, in all grapes there's two um, acids. One is malic acid, which is that green apple acid. And if you convert that using malolactic fermentation to lactic acid, that's sort of your yogurty, softer acid. But the byproduct of that is this butter caramel toffee flavour. And that mm. coupled with lots of new oak and very high <laughs> toast oak made these big butter bomb wines. No fruit. You couldn't okay. recognise it as Chardonnay. Yeah. But it became so popular. I remember watching Big Brother when I was living in London and they gave them a red wine that clearly smelt of oak and they said, oh, it smells like Chardonnay. Can you get a red Chardonnay? Oh, my God. And I thought that's what, because we're just putting too much wine making into our Chardonnay. So that's why it's really, really polarising. Whereas in, you know, France, where it's traditionally grown in Burgundy, yeah. they've sort of just tickled along knowing that it's quite a delicate, almost neutral grape variety. Yes. And so they don't throw everything at it. So we were kind of to blame for them. Yeah, I, I've had it described to me once as like tofu because it doesn't have much flavour, but, like, you add ah. the winemaking. It's all about the winemaking, and yeah. it's the same thing with tofu. It doesn't really have much flavour. To make it taste you could have... I think it was, and I think the other thing, because it is this the most planted white grape variety in Australia, yeah. we planted it everywhere. Yes. And even though Chardonnay is a good traveller, yes. does do well in a range of climates, maybe not all climates <laughs> that we planted it in. So if you think about, say, Griffith, the Riverland, hot inland climates, lots of irrigation so we can throw lots of water at it, get lots of fruit out there on those vines. Sunshine in a bottle is how we were mm. selling it in the uh, 90s into the UK. And it just had some peachy, banana-y flavour. We're adding a lot of flavour through yeah, the okay. yeast. It's only as we've got, we've got older as an industry and yep. we've come to understand our vineyards better and we've got more vine age that we've, you know, you look at the beautiful ones coming out of the cooler parts of the Yarra Valley or out of Tasmania or Beechworth or Adelaide Hills. I mean, they're just stunning and they taste like Chardonnay, yeah. not like the winemaker. Got you. I tell you what, Meg, I love Chardonnay. I love it in all Same. in all its forms. You could say I'm hard for Chard. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So we get a T-shirt made of I love that one. Oh, we should get T-shirts made. Is there a particular way you'd like your Chardonnay? Because it can be made in all these variety of styles, right? Yeah, I much prefer mine to have a sense of place. I want to know if it's from the Yarra Valley, I want it to look like it's from the Yarra Valley. If it's from Beechworth, if it's from mm. Burgundy, I want it to look like where it's from. But I like them sort of a little bit leaner, mineral, I call it saline, oyster shell, and you're all thinking, oh, what, you know, wanky terms. But really Chardonnay, when it's grown in a cool climate, has what I call green almond, so that raw almond character, and it has – green apple, just ripe nectarine, mm. um, that minerality. So that yeah. smell and taste of a hot day and the rain comes yeah. down on the stones and you smell it. Oh. That's what I love in my Chardonnay. Me too. But even in warm climates, I don't mind the peachiness. As, as the climate gets warmer, it sort of tips from just ripe nectarine to really ripe juicy peaches and nectarines and pineapple. And I'm not so fond of the tropical end of the spectrum yeah 
Okay, so one of my favorite Chardonnays, it's it's an expensive one. I think it's worth a couple of hundred. It's called Tom, and, and they're in Hawke's Bay in New Zealand. Um, and it's quite buttery. Like, it feels like it completely melts in your mouth. Now, I love this. I think it's sensational. But from what you just described, it sounded like that was a bad thing that we were doing this super buttery one. So what's the difference? No, because, again, it's all about balance. I mean, on that butteriness, you probably have some just lovely nectarine Mm. and green apple fruit as well. In New Zealand, a different beast, cooler climate, more of this green apple malic acid. So they do usually do either partial or... Or full malolactic fermentation. And it just adds layers of complexity. And that's yeah. the thing about Chardonnay. You can have a really simple peach, pineapple, passion fruity wine with yep. no oak. And then you can have a wine that you just described that cost you a couple of hundred dollars. But each time you taste it, it's just layered and more complex. And that's what I like about it. We've, we've taken away the, the big hammer of the winemaker, thankfully. <laughs> we have more understanding of our fruit now. Got you. Okay, so the, there's different occasions that you drink different wines. What would be your ideal occasion for drinking Chardonnay? Oh, all the time. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm hard to shard. <laughs> <laughs> I just think because it is made in so many different styles, it can suit everything. But the, the style that I really like, I think is perfect Super cold. I'm not generally a fan of really cold wine, but I love a cool climate Chardonnay. Mm. Very, very cold, very crisp. I'm one of those hot, humid days. Like I think Saturday just gone was sort of 33 and very, very humid. It is the perfect antidote Mm. to that heat and goes really well with a lot of food. Like um, you think about – sort of Singapore hawker market food, you could walk around with a bottle of that style of Chardonnay and pick anything. Yeah. You know, you could have it with seafood or you could have it with char kway tiao or you could have it with a satay. Yes. Yeah, and that's one of the things I love about Chardonnay. Do you know what I love with Chardonnay? Popcorn, like buttered popcorn. (laughs) I'm not a huge fan of buttered popcorn. Oh, Mm. I like. I just do it with so- oil and salt. I don't put the butter in it, oh, which yeah. my kids think is just wrong on every level. I'm more for salt than I am for butter. I think. Oh, there you go. Okay, so Meg, someone goes into a bottle store. They're looking at the wall of wine. Oh. They want a Chardonnay. There's a million things there. Um, typically, you say the first thing we look for is region. So, what region are we going to look for in Australia? Well, I feel your pain because Chardonnay is, apart from Savvy, Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay will probably be the next biggest. And you're just standing there like, oh, my goodness. Um, Cool climate regions are Adelaide Hills, Tasmania, Yarra Valley, Mornington Peninsula. For richer, warmer, really delicious styles, Mm. Margaret River. And the thing about Margaret River is we have our own the Jindy clone over there. Hmm. So it does make different styles of wine. Really? Um, they are richer. They've obviously got more oak. They're, they're just beautiful They are. I do, I do love a Margaret River. Yeah. And that's got less of that um, that minerality that you were talking yeah. about. It's yeah. much more of that riper fruit, and that's part of the Jinjin clone. Um, yeah. And just their winemaking, they've been making it for, you know, decades yep. now. Um, but, you know... At, I've actually bought, and this is no word of a lie, a few years ago now, a bottle of Chardonnay from Australia, that's all it said, $2.50. No. Yep, in Dan Murphy's. And it was all right. And it was 
it tasted like Chardonnay. Oh, my gosh. It was varietal. And that's the thing. Like, we, we spoke about Pinot the other week and you said, oh, like, you really have to kind of spend a bit more to get a good Pinot. But So this isn't the case with Chardonnay. No. I mean, if you don't mind those riper, passion, more tropical fruit styles of wine, then, yep, you can spend under $10. Jeez. But I'm seeing some of these low – Alcohol. Oh, yeah, yeah, low alcohol. Chardonnay so wines trendy. now. I mean, the Pinot Gris, I've tasted, that's okay, but the Chardonnay yeah. wines I'm, I'm less convinced of. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, $2.50, that would be the cost of the bottle and the screw cap, that's seriously, insane. and the label. Yeah. And it was drinkable. Drinkable. Wouldn't have it every night. <gasps> what an accolade. But it was <laughs> Well, I think hats off. Yeah, true. You, know, true. you can make a drinkable wine at $2.50. That's pretty uh. impressive. All right, so we've got our regions. What about does age play a factor with Chardonnay? Yeah, age you need to ha- you need acid, so you need okay. to be in the cool climate regions, um, and you need to be spending over thirty five. If we're looking for something, that said, we had t- did a tasting of the first one we made here, um, twenty ten Chardonnay oh. off a good vineyard, good clone, but. You know, they were in a rented winery. Rob yeah. Dolan was in a rented winery. He, he didn't have the fabulous state-of-the-art winery that we have now. Mm. The wine is amazing. Amazing. You know, and I said last night and Rob was there, oh, it shouldn't be. And he went, what do you mean it shouldn't be? It just – it had everything going against yeah. it. But good fruit from a good region. So you can't go wrong. Okay, so what's a, like, sweet spot? Good quality Chardonnay. Let's say you've paid over 40 bucks about that for a bottle it comes from a cool climate how long will you hold on to it to get that really nice age characters at least five to ten now i know that's really really hard for most people they don't have space um but one of the things i recommend people do is buy six bottles now even if it's 30 bucks because in six years time it's going to be more expensive yep buy six bottles Try and hide them away. I think that's the key. Mm. You've got to forget you've got them. Out of sight, out of mind. Um, and then try one every year. And when they taste good, drink yep. it all. Don't wait. Okay. Yeah, just and keep drinking it. Like a lot of people, um, they identify aging wine with reds. They, they think that's the dumb thing. So I think most people wouldn't even know what an aged Chardonnay tastes like. Yeah, so what happens with aged whites generally is you get this honey, toasty flavour to the wine and it just adds another interesting layer. Mm. It's not to say that all Chardonnay is going to age, um, but if you spend, you know, that 30 to $35 mark, you're going to get at least five years out of it. And it maybe not what you want. It will change. Yeah. yeah. So change isn't always improvement. I like a lot of change in that it's complexing and I think, oh, that's exciting. People may not be in that, into that. You may just want to drink a fresh young wine. Yeah. Okay, so going further into different styles of Chardonnay, if you weren't going to drink from Australia and you wanted to try something different internationally, what would be some good options? New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Hawke's Bay makes beautiful Chardonnays. Um, Burgundy again, but... Fortunately, the Burgundy whites, I think you can drink better quality for lower price because there's an area of Burgundy called Macon, which is the southern end of Burgundy. Mm -hmm. Um, More sunshine, they get slightly riper and they're cheaper. 
Oh. Uh, and they're very, very good oh, wines. Okay. So I would look at Macon, some of the um, straight white burgundies are good. A few years ago, burgundy had a huge issue because they keep using cork. They haven't learnt their lesson <laughs> um, of very premature oxidation oh. and lost a lot of market in the oh. white wines. Oh, no. But you may, you're seeing some white burgundies now coming in under screw cap. And Chablis is another region that it doesn't really add oak, so it's no. all about Chardonnay. Actually, I have a story about this. Um, I, I had a friend once who said to me, um, like, she hated Chardonnay. She hated Chardonnay. And then one day she told me that her favourite white is Chablis. <laughs> I don't think she realised that Chablis is Chardonnay. And that's the thing about <laughs> Europe. It is just such a minefield. You know, for those that you don't know, Chablis is from Chardonnay. Yeah. And it's almost closer to the it Loire taste Valley. Like it. You would no. you would never expect it. So I reckon you could taste it and almost think it was like a Sablanca or a Pinot Gris or something Absolutely. sometimes. Yeah. And it's not geographically that distant from Sancerre, mm. which is Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. But, yeah. And that's, that's I mean, you know, us – Anoraki people about Chardonnay or about wine in general, we love all that nuance and difference. Yeah. But at the end of the day, just, you know, just find something that you like. But don't dismiss it. We In cellar doors, when I've worked in cellar doors and people come in and say, oh, I only drink Sauv Blanc. Yes. I will say, and I don't know if this is a selling point, but Yarra Valley Chardonnay, particularly from the cooler part of the Yarra Valley, is Chardonnay for savvy bee drinkers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what a we good way used to, to say. Because yeah. it's not all, people think all oaky and that yeah. buffery character. So, yeah, it's it's good. I mean, I've been to restaurants with um, my local mums, mm. and if there's no Sauvignon on the menu, they, they will drink cider and just trying to get them to drink Chardonnay. Wow. You know, we live in the Yarra Valley. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's just have a glass of Chardonnay. It's just crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. <gasps> That's how polarising I think Chardonnay's become. Hopefully with the maybe millennials and Gen yeah. Zs, the Zoomers, yep. we can we haven't scarred them for life. No, like no, I think so. I think else. the younger crowd is is much more receptive to Chardonnay. And I guess we're more exposed because we see, you know, we're involved in the wine industry and you've lived overseas particularly and so those styles in the US yeah. are much more popular than yeah, they are absolutely. here. You know, when I travel around the US and they're trying our style of, of Australian modern yeah. Uh, Chardonnay making, they're like, oh my goodness, it's so fresh and clean. Oh, and I know. They don't understand, they still think of Chardonnay as, as yes. being these big bombs. Me too. Oh, well, I think we'll wrap it up on the Chardonnay there, but we do have a question. Actually, our question is about Chardonnay. So this question is from Abby. She says that she uses the word buttery, which we've said a lot today to describe her Chardonnay. Um, but she knows that can't be the only word used to describe that kind of sensation in Chardonnay. Is there anything else that she could be saying? Creamy. Creamy. Lactic if she wants to sound super intelligent. Yeah. Lactic is just lactic acid. It's that um, acid that's in milk and and dairy products. And so it gives you that creamy, buttery character. Um, caramel and toffee are two that oh, I yeah. also think. Because the thing is, it's it's not just a flavour. Yeah. It's a texture as well. It changes yes. the perception of acidity so the wine does feel richer and rounder mm. creamier and more buttery i hate to say it in in your yeah. mouth so when we taste it's not just 
the flavour as yeah. such. It's also the texture and the way it feels in our, our mouth. Well, there you go. Well, I hope you've got a few things there, Abby, to help you the next time you're drinking Chardonnay. And we'll finish it off. Make sure you send through your questions. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook uh, by searching Wine with Megan Mal. But until then, enjoy your next glass of wine. Yep, enjoy. Enjoy.